Deion Sanders and Colorado have made more history and football hasn't even started yet. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Bus. I am your host, Kevin Borba. And joining me today, John Garcia Jr. John, we're going to be talking recruiting. We're going to be talking some history made by Coach Prime. Um, and that's about it. But it's going to be an action-packed episode. Um, I'm ready for. I'm ready to talk. You ready to talk? Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad we're not recording on April 1st because that could have been a little bit funky. Oof. And if you follow recruiting on April 1st socially, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So I'm glad we got over that hump. There were some fake commitments, a lot of garbage on that day. So I'm happy we're a couple days into the month. For sure. Yeah, April 1st is my least favorite day in sports because there's always random reports. And it uh, the first one always gets me um, yep. because I'm never thinking of April Fool's Day. I'm just like, oh, this is a, a Saturday in this instance. And it's like something completely random and crazy. And I'm glad we didn't have to deal with the shenanigans. Um, but the programs around the country are going to have to deal with Coach Prime's quote-unquote shenanigans, and they're good shenanigans if you're a Colorado fan. He and Colorado have sold out the spring game. Um, we talked about it at a few weeks ago. We talked about how it was going to be on ESPN, the lone spring game on ESPN. The back-to-back champ Georgia Bulldogs will be on ESPN2. Um, they don't, they're not even on the main ESPN. So Colorado, who at one and 11 last year has all these new transfers, new faces, they will be on ESPN. There's going to be 45,000 fans. Um, the previous record and I'll round it up just to make it a whole number was 18,000. Um, and there's going to be an insane amount of fans, recruits, famous people. Lil Wayne might be in attendance. Who else? We don't even know all the famous people that will show up to support Coach Prime. So, John, talk to me about what it means to sell out the first spring game and kind of continue to build this momentum. Again, this is another tangible validator, right? We've, we've talked so much about the kind of mythical buzz around Colorado, right? It's, it's been very much, you know, prime-driven, media-driven, recruiting driven, all the things that to some really appear as subjective uh, for for lack of a better term. But this is another plant the flag moment for Colorado football and, and really for prime. I think for him, this is a true validator um, because a lot of the stuff that he reversed or changed back at Jackson state was very much football related, right? Surely recruiting uptick and, and there was more buzz and exposure but really, it was about the football. It was about winning and turning around that program. That was really the true mark for him tangibly of, of hey, I, I went and turned this thing around. It's different when you're in the Power Five. It's different when you're in the Pac-12. And this is a huge step in that tangible direction. Selling out a spring game is not common. You know, I, I think I think there's maybe there's not a lot of information about this, but you can go to SEC country, Big Ten country, wherever you want. Selling out a spring game is not typical. Uh, and obviously some stadiums are massive, 100,000 people, whatever. Um, but but it doesn't rare, rarely come close. Uh, and I think that is another, you know, big plant of Colorado, the black and gold flag um, nationally here. Uh, ESPN already kind of took the first step in saying, hey, this is the only game we're going to put on our flagship network, which is still incredible when, when you look at it compared to Georgia, as you mentioned, and really compared to the school's that frankly have a lot more drama at the coaching or quarterback position, right? Wouldn't you want to see some of these quarterback battles 
going down at Georgia, at Bama, at Ohio State. I mean, big-time programs get that fresh sample. Well, ESPN is like, no, we'll kick that to the side because we want to see Prime. We want to see Colorado. What does it look like? Who's there? Will it sell out? Now we have the answer to that final question. And that was the expectation. And I think, and this is what, what you wrote over at Athlon, the expectations are now higher than they've ever been to the point where when you when you read the the tweet or the story on Athlon, hey, Colorado sells out at spring game, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, this is, this is what we thought was going to happen. And I think that alone is a great example of just how much the perception has really flipped in and around Boulder. Um, but, but this is a huge deal. There's really no other way to put it. National TV exposure, sellout crowd. They've, they've done a good job, Colorado has, with this black and gold day where there's some buildup to it internally as well. There's an autograph signing period. There's a lot of other events and, and kind of situations going on in the stadium, uh, almost a fan fest uh, type of, of atmosphere there, which again is usually relegated to SEC country and some of the programs that you expect to carry that cachet every single year, not the ones coming off of a one and 11 season. So all of this is extremely positive, but I think for the adults, this is another tangible step, you know, for the recruits, for the diehards, the buzz is there, and it's not going anywhere almost no matter what. But for everyone else, I think this is another tangible step like, hey, this isn't just subjective buzz. It's now tangible. People are paying and reserving uh, as much as they could to get their butts in the seats uh, come April 22nd. Uh, and that alone is, is a really big deal for Colorado football. So the exposure box is checked at Colorado you know, some months or maybe a year before it was checked at Jackson State, where, where you really had to get into that regular season, uh, and really the second year, I would say, with Dion uh, to, to get that tangible, hey, ESPN's coming down, and now people are talking about it more. At Colorado, it's only taken a couple of months and, and well before that first official game uh, as the head coach there at, at Boulder. So congratulations to, to everybody involved and really to our audience because this is – you talk about bittersweet and a turnaround. I mean, this is again, we can't say it enough. One and eleven in 2022 to a marquee spring game that's sold out coming off of this great recruiting class in the middle of spring ball where where there's a lot of turnover going down. I mean, it's it's really been fascinating every single layer of this thing. And and that sellout is again, it's just another, you know. The flag is planted. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's 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 entrenched Baker Mayfield style in the middle of the field uh, for Colorado. And that's, again, it's not something we thought we'd be talking about a couple months back. Yeah, the excitement's there. And it kind of feels like and obviously I don't know if this is planned, how it's how it's laid out. But I'm in the south right now. I'm in Texas and I've seen a few Bucky's like superstore gas station things. And if you're in the south, you, you know what a Bucky's is. They're elite, like, elite. Yeah, they're elite. They have all the best snacks or whatever it may be. But when you drive to a Bucky's, there's like a sign and it's like Bucky's in 10 miles. And then the closer you get, there's like Bucky's in five miles, Bucky's in four miles. Like there's Bucky's, Bucky's, Bucky's. And it feels like we're about 19 days away from the spring game and we're still talking about the spring game. Like I think the buzz that Co Coach Prime has generated around Colorado is at a whole new level that programs like Alabama aren't getting this attention right now. Programs like Georgia aren't getting this atten attention right now. And they're having pro days. They're having guys that are probably going to go in the first round. And they're still not generating the, the mu as much buzz as Coach Prime in Colorado. So it's unreal to see. And we're going to continue to kind of track it and see what happens as time goes on. Um, before we move on, guys, the Built March Madness bracket is here. We have 
We know you have a favorite bar puff, and now is your time to make it count. So go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. You'll be, you know, I'll be voting for the coconut bar or puff, either way. And if you want your favorite team to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built best bars or puffs delivered straight to your door. You got to try built. Built's the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. What makes Built bars and puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, not that fake stuff. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Obviously, March is over, but the March Madness game, still there's still one more game. One more game, the championship between San Diego State um, and UConn. Uh, my the two states I lived in, California and Connecticut, which is going go. at it. Um, we'll call it the Kevin Borba uh, championship. Uh, <laughs> moving on, we got to talk about the spring game, kind of in a way. Still, um, one of the marquee visitors that a few months ago confirmed that he was coming has officially confirmed he's not coming. Colin Simmons, the five-star edge rusher out of Duncanville, Texas, recently tweeted that he will not be in attendance for Colorado spring game. Um, he didn't say that he would would not make it back to Colorado, but in the week before he announced his decision to not attend the spring game, he was interviewed by On3 and basically, I don't want to say he hinted at because he basically said clear as day he wants to play in the SEC. And so all of the schools that he listed was LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, Texas, who will be in the SEC by the time he's in college. And so I think... Obviously, he's probably SEC bound. Um, John did tell me before the show he's planning to go see Oregon, and I think the other one was USC. Um, but obviously, he has a, a hankering for SEC football. So I'll, I'll say it's disappointing for Colorado fans that he won't be in attendance. But I think this will probably be the only recruiting challenge that Coach Prime ever faces at Colorado, and it's guys that just solely want to play in the SEC. Um, he'll he'll be able to convince some of them to flip and some of them to not go play in the sec because he has the allure factor he has the the coach prime effect he's a polarizing figure he's more polarizing than nick saban kirby smart whoever it is it's just some guys really just want to play in the sec um that patch on their their chest means a lot to them and so there's nothing you could do about it right john yeah i mean look it's this is a lot of this talk has been relative to colorado right um you know but when you zoom out of course look there's still and, and Prime will say this, anybody will say it, there's still so much work to be done. Um, there have been splashes in recruiting. There have been a heck of a visitor list already in this class of 2024 that has already been to Boulder. And, and obviously the spring game will be the apex of that. And, and as we get closer, I know we'll talk about a lot of the names, Williams, Nowerny, Jordan Johnson, Rebel, Winston Watkins, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, the, the visitor list was going to be crazy with or without Colin Simmons. But yeah, if you zoom out, there's still a lot of work to be done to get on that certain level with, with five star, especially defensive recruits, I feel like, uh, because there's there's such a pipeline from the SEC. And look, Colin's grown up in Texas and he's already visited, the, you know, the, the bulk of SEC country and understands the allure there. It's just a little bit different. Um, it, it's it's one of those things that there's a certain group of kids, as you said, Kevin, that that is just going to parade and, and peruse sec country when you have all the offers in college football but um this staff will will continue chipping away uh, i think at simmons and and at other recruits that either commit elsewhere or appear 
like they're headed elsewhere because it's still very early, you know, so I do think that's important. But yeah, you understand optically from the SEC perspective why recruits want to play in that conference, you know, all of the national titles that we continue talking about. And then you watch the draft and, and the SEC, I think, doubled, you know, the second best conference over the last 10 years or so in, in terms of draft picks. So, uh, again, we talk about tangible and, and how this is a tangible big deal for Colorado to sell out the spring game. Well, tangibly, the SEC is just kind of where it's at right now in college football. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but off the top of my head, you got to go back, what, nine, ten years before the last non-SEC champion? That was Ohio State back in 14. And even before that, it was another run of, of SEC schools. You think of the Florida dynasty, Bama getting cranked up uh, under Nick Saban, um, you know, a sprinkle of Florida State in the ACC. But really over the last 20 years, you're talking about a few non-SEC national titles, and the draft has really been SEC heavy on top of that. So, again, there's a lot of, of mountain climbing uh, to be done here for, for Colorado's program, and this is one of those steps. Yes, you're going to get more elite visitors to Boulder than, than you ever had before. That that box is probably already checked, but we should, we, we should expect that to continue going forward. But you, you can't grab everyone, and I think that's a, a good kind of um, reset, reminder, if you will, from a recruiting standpoint, but, but look, this happens to everybody. You know, you mentioned the school, you mentioned Georgia, Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson, wherever you want to go, USC, this happens to those programs. Uh, so, so this is not something that is a, the sky is falling kind of moment for Colorado. It's important, you know, and we got to report it obviously as, as journalists, but, but the sky is not falling again. Uh, you're losing one five-star D lineman from the visitor list, but you just gained Williams Nowerny, who's ranked higher than Colin Simmons, I think, across the board mm-hmm. among defensive linemen. So it really does push-pull, just like everything in recruiting does. So this is a take-it-with-a-grain-of-salt type of deal, um, but we'll see what that list looks like as we get closer to the 22nd, and it's it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be star-studded. I would venture to say – if not the best, it will be among the best visitor lists across the country. And if you think about where recruits are traveling from, because, again, not many are taking official visits for spring games. Hmm. They're going to Colorado on their own dime, which is really fascinating because, as we know, outside of the Pac-12 footprint, you know, the state of California, these elite recruits are coming from Texas, where, where Simmons is from. They're coming from the Midwest, where Nowhere is from. They're coming from Florida, where Winston Watkins is from. They're coming from Georgia. They're coming across the country in a lot of cases to get to Boulder on the same day that a lot of great programs are, are hosting their spring game. So that alone is a victory for Colorado. And, and plus or minus one recruit is not going to change that field. Yeah, and I think – uh, which I wrote about on Athlon. You guys could go check it out. I have like a running list of who's coming to the spring game. And I made sure to put where everybody's from, because I think during this time period, mostly nobody's taking official visits. And so an unofficial visit means mom and dad or whoever you live with, they're paying for, they're paying for the visit. Um, so they're paying for you to get on the flight. Um, they're paying for the hotel and they're paying for everything in between. And so I have, there's people from Missouri. There's people from uh, Dylan Stewart, the number one, ranked player according to on threes coming from dc so a lot of people coming from everywhere it was just a notable player so colin colin simmons is someone that we obviously have to talk about um but yeah i just i thought it was interesting and i do think if coach prime is going to have a recruiting challenge and i'm not saying he won't flip a bunch of recruits that want to play in the sec because he probably will um i think jack or jackson hunter travis hunter was seconds away from going to georgia and then all of a sudden or florida state or whatever it may be and then all of a sudden here comes jackson state and coach prime and so 
there's an excitement around coach prime that will forever help him in recruiting and it's there's just going to be a few guys that they have the sec on the mind um we start to see it more and more now when guys get their sec offers they immediately make a top 10 and it's literally like the top 10 sec schools and then they decide from there um it's just how that it's just how powerful the sec is um but coach prime has just as much power um as any coach in the country so it will be fascinating to see who is actually showing up and that's something that josh newberg talked about when he was on the show with us um because that was about two weeks ago i would say and he we discussed the names and he was like that's all that's great and all but we have to see who officially goes um a lot of things in recruiting change a lot of times recruits will say one thing then do the other um i think of guys like zach evans who committed to like two two or three different schools then ended up at tcu and transferred Um, yeah and transferred and then (laughs) there's there's guys that take the recruitment all the way down to the to the hat pool. Um, we saw this past year. Um, he ended up at Oklahoma. I think his name is Peyton Bowen. Yeah. Um, he was going to Oregon, Notre Dame, and all of a sudden he's going to Oklahoma because his paper didn't send to Oregon fast enough or something. And so recruits always change their mind. So nothing too crazy, just something that we had to talk about. So don't go too crazy in the comments down there. We appreciate your your passion, but we, don't go too crazy on us. Um, moving on, John, and we're going to close this out on a positive note. Someone who will be at the spring game, actually, he just announced yesterday, Winston Watkins Jr., the five-star recruit out of IMG, which is, if you don't know, the football factory in Florida, if you will, um, and for any sport, really. They just produce yeah. – that's where everybody goes to train. Um, Winston Watkins Jr. is currently Colorado's lone 2025 commit, um, a 5'9"-ish receiver who – is a five-star according to 24-7. Um, but he's currently on his way up to being ranked as the number one receiver um, according to Rivals. And so John wrote about on Athlon. So I'll let John dive in right here. Tell us a little bit about what he brings to the table, um, why he's making that push. And even though he, he's not the biggest guy, he's still an electric receiver. Well, I think let's start there, right? Because that's the first thing that kind of grabs your attention if you're just clicking on a recruiting profile like 5'9", 180, how, how can this be a guy, even in the conversation, for the number one wide receiver spot? And I think that alone tells you just how electric Winston Watkins is. Of course, most people know his cousin, Sammy Watkins, uh, of course, of, of Clemson All-American fame and, and, and many NFL stops thereafter. Uh, but Sammy's big. Sammy's like 6'2", you know, with great vertical speed. Winston is a little bit more compact. He actually reminds me a little bit more of, of another uh, Florida native who – Really, it was just like when he was in going through recruiting, it was like, man, I don't know who's going to get this kid, but wherever he goes, he's going to produce and probably play on Sundays. His name was Elijah Moore, you know, slot receiver from St. Thomas Aquinas, ends up at Ole Miss. He caught like 100 balls for, for Lane Kiffin there his final year at Ole Miss, and, and he's been making plays in the NFL ever since. That's the kind of game Winston brings to the table. Um, at 5'9", 180, he's compact. He's incredibly strong pound for pound, and I think that's that's something we don't talk about enough with receivers in general, which means at the line of scrimmage, he's able to combat the press a little bit more because he's strong pound for pound compact. Smaller target area for defensive backs to get their hands on him, and that strength also shows up at the top of the routes because Winston is a clinical, polished route runner. Uh, so you, you can have speed, you can have quickness, explosiveness, great hands, all of that. But if you can't put route combinations together, when you're playing in Florida at IMG in particular, sometimes it don't matter how, how physically gifted you are. But I think that's where Winston's polish has has allowed for others to kind of say, hey, I don't care how small he is. This guy is a, a clinical 
technical route runner to where he is setting up defensive backs at the line of scrimmage and at the top of the route. And sometimes thereafter with his quickness and his route construction, uh, double moves in and out. I mean, this, this kid is one of those that it looks pretty no matter what route he's running. And that's not something we say about a lot of wide receivers, but on top of that, he has that strength we mentioned, and he's got this speed, this quickness that he gets to top speed in a hurry. Uh, that's one of the advantages of being a little bit smaller. And I think the conversation around that type of wide receiver has shifted in the sport overall, as these, these spread offenses have become more prevalent, this is something that isn't as big of a worry as it used to be, similar to smaller quarterbacks, right? We're kind of, we're not worried about it as much. I mean, Bryce Young is, is 5'10 and, and a quarter or whatever, and he could be the number one pick in the draft. At receiver, we're seeing very similar shifts. I mean, Zay Flowers is a great example who's going to go maybe in the first round this year out of Boston College, 5'9", 5'10", but man, just so productive, so explosive. And just hard to contain. You know, these players like Watkins, Flowers, et cetera, Elijah Moore, they can almost serve as extensions of the running game, right? Throw them a bubble screen and let them cook in space. Um, you know, bigger defenders are, are just too sloppy to compete with their quickness. And the smaller, faster guys are still struggling because the, the routes are so precise. And on top of it, Winston's got the, these ball skills that make you think he's 6'2". You know, it's like kind of DeAndre Hopkins-esque where you're like, you see him make plays and you're like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins must be 6'5", the way he's making these catches and extending his body. And then you look him up and you're like, oh, he's 5'11", 6 foot. Like, I had no idea. Plays a lot bigger than that listed size suggests. He, he was at the Rivals camp uh, in Miami just a couple weekends ago and, and really stole the show. Uh, he was the far and away overall MVP, receiver MVP, and, and really the marquee moment was a double move showcasing that route running construction and a one-handed catch in the back of the end zone showcasing those ball skills that, again, maximize his frame and, and make you think he's a lot bigger than he actually is. So that combined with, with the modern asks of the position, uh, it doesn't hurt you to be that size. But for him to even be in the conversation for number one receiver is a really big deal. Uh, he led IMG in receiving last year over Carnell Tate, who was a five-star, six-two receiver that's now at Ohio State. I mean, Winston's got, yeah. Yeah, Winston's got a lot of juice. Uh, so this is a guy Colorado fans should absolutely be excited about. And he's from Fort Myers, where Coach Prime is from. Looked up to him his whole life, as, as you would imagine, being from that area. And I think he was one of the first overall commits for Colorado. I, I think he committed before it was even official, you know, official with, with prime taking the job, all the reports were out and Watkins was, was like, Hey, I've seen enough. And he was committed to Texas A&M before that. So you lose some sec battles with Colin Simmons, but you win one with, with a Winston Watkins, who I think is going to be a banner recruit for Colorado uh, over the next couple of cycles. So it's a big deal, even though he's just 2025 20, for him to be in that number one conversation and, and to wear that Colorado commitment proudly. Yeah, I think he could get the 2025 class started quickly because um, obviously they're focusing on 2024, but they will put some effort into 2025 to get it going. And having the their their class currently ranks as I think the number three class um, according to 24 um, seven, and he's the lone commit. He's just ranked that high. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But when you have one guy like that who kind of one has the cachet of an IMG receiver, um, he's considered the number one receiver by some sites, and he's your he's already committed to you and he's already said that he's going to be going to Colorado if coach prime is there. So basically as long as coach prime is on the premise, he will be a buff. 
that's a, that's a big building block for other recruits to kind of see. He could bring guys along with him. He could do some recruiting along the way. Um, but yeah, that backhanded what? Because not only was that catch that John's talking about a one-handed catch where he w- had the defender all over him, he backhanded it, um, which is it gross. Something we only see with like OBJ during warmups, and he's just doing it for fun. Um, he actually did it in a game-like scenario, so that was insane to see. Um, but yeah. Very exciting. He's going to be at the spring game. A lot of stars at the spring game. So don't let Colin Simmons hang, hold over you guys. Um, the spring game is sold out. New era of Colorado football. New era of college football. We might be seeing the emergence of a new power. So that'll be exciting to see. Um, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Buffs your first listen today. For your second listen, check out a brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shaw and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus here for big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Locked on Buffs. We are also available on wherever you get your podcast, YouTube. We're so close to a thousand subscribers. Let's get there. Um, yes, let's just keep it going. Let's keep, keep, make sure to follow along for all the breaking news and all the stories and breakdowns that we have for you guys. Um, we will see you guys tomorrow. John, thank you for joining. Thanks for having me boss.